So, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, God's vision and for us and uh, what we ought to be, and uh, talked about how if we if we're desiring anything apart from Jesus encountering people and transforming their lives uh, in our meetings, then we're off target. If it's about us being comfortable or us enjoying things, that uh, that's not exactly why we're here. I think my microphone was applauding me. <laughs> that's not usual. Okay. I'll see if it goes away when I turn the microphone on. Yep, it did. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure I can be loud enough since I've spent most of my life being told to be quiet. Uh, so, <laughs> if it's time for us to focus on the essential mission of our existence as a congregation, and our purpose is to provide environments where people encounter Jesus and his transforming power. Sometimes, as I was reminded recently, that's incremental. Sometimes it's instantaneous. Sometimes there's a process, and sometimes uh, it's like, boom! They go from dead stop to all-out rocket launch. Um, but the point is, people's lives ought to be transformed. By meeting Jesus in our meetings. That's why we're here. That's why he put us here. And that requires an entirely different approach. And, I, and that's not the right word. Worked all week on this. Well, actually, I've been working on this for quite a while. Since Aaron preached last week, I've been working on it for a couple of weeks. I've been working on this for quite... That's not the right word. I'm still trying to... It's a whole new attitude, a whole new mindset, a whole new way of thinking about prayer that we are in need of. We're, this requires an entirely new approach, a whole new attitude of prayer. Now, Jesus didn't just teach about prayer. We just prayed the prayer that Jesus taught. But we also know that he prayed. In uh, Luke chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, it tells us the news about him spread even more. Now, here's the crazy thing. Right in the previous verse, Jesus had healed somebody, and he told them, now don't do telling anybody. Don't tell anybody what happened. But the news about Jesus spread even more and more. Until large crowds were gathered gathering together to hear him and to be healed of their illnesses. No matter what he did, people kept coming. Yet, Jesus himself frequently withdrew to the wilderness and prayed. Wilderness, desert, solitary place. He went to wherever he could go to get away from people. Some of us would like, you know, I know that a lot of people would like to do that. But here's a question I wanted to ask. 
Why did Jesus pray? Don't start answering that question yet. Why did God, the Son, the second person of the Trinity, living in the flesh, pray? I'll shorten that, make it less theological sounding. Why did God pray? Why did Jesus pray? I got, already got some answers coming. It's okay. Yeah, okay. So, so example is one, one possibility. But I'm going to raise another possibility. What if Jesus prayed for the same reasons that we pray? So here's some examples. Jesus, Jesus, we, we pray for guidance and wisdom when making decisions. And so did Jesus. When G Jesus went out to a mountain to pray, it spent all night in prayer uh, to God. And in the morning, he called his disciples to him and he named 12 of them to be his apostles. He needed wisdom and guidance. He spent the whole night in prayer before he named 12 to be his apostles. And here's a wild thing to think about in this. He knew specifically when he did that that he was picking one of them to betray him. Hmm. How many of us have that on our prayer list? Oh Lord, I want you to help me pick a friend that's going to stab me in the back. <laughs> Uh, nope, that's not on my prayer list. Okay, let's keep going. We, we pray for our friends, right? We pray for our friends and our family, and so did Jesus. Well, the night before he died, he looked at Peter and he said, I've prayed for you. We pray for food and for God's provisions, and so did Jesus. Jesus instructed the crowds to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and two fish, looked up to heaven and gave thanks and broke them and he gave them to the disciples by giving thanks, looked up to heaven and gave thanks. That's praying. In case I went through that too fast. He gave thanks. He gave them to the disciples who in turn gave them to the crowds and by the way, then everybody had enough to eat off of a sack lunch. We pray, many of us pray, not necessarily all of us, but many of us pray when we're struggling to surrender to God's will. We're not particularly fond of the way things are going. We don't want to accept things. We don't, we don't like where God's leading us sometimes. And, but Jesus did the same thing. On the night before he died, Jesus went to the Garden of uh, yeah, the garden on the Mount of Olives. And going a little further, it says Jesus threw himself to the ground with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if possible, let this cup pass from me. He's talking about the coming crucifixion. And then he said, yet not my will, yet not what I will, but what you will. And all 
Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three, remind us that he prayed that three times. Not to kill time waiting for Judas to show up to stab him in the back. He prayed through. He, he took him three times to pray through. If it would take Jesus three times to pray through on not my will, but yours. I think, you know, it'll probably take us at least that. Not more, if not more, right? Why did Jesus pray? I think Jesus prayed so that he could do God's work. Jesus himself said in John chapter 5, verse 19, some of you are going to want to write that down so you can go look it up and make sure it's actually there. John chapter 5, verse 19. I did not make this up. Jesus himself said this. Jesus said, what I'm about to tell you is true. The Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Jesus prayed so he could do God's work. Yes, he was God the son living in the flesh, but he could not do anything except what he saw his father doing. He joined God, the Father, in the work. He didn't just go do whatever he pleased. So here's the sermon in a sentence. If Jesus needed to pray to do God's work, then I need to pray to do God's work. So that brings me to the question, what stops us from praying as Jesus prayed? I, I, I read somebody this, this week said, we want a consultant. We don't want a king, we want a consultant. Uh, and I, I would add that we want a superpowered assistant. We, we, we not only want an, a, a consultant who will give us an idea of what's the best way to do things, well, we want a superpowered assistant who will just go do the stuff we can't do the way we want it done, when we want it done. How we want it done. See, we want we don't want a king, we want a genie. With no restrictions. Jesus prayed to the king of the universe and surrendered to the king's plan. So many times our searching for, for the things of God, our prayers revolve around what's in it for me. 
What am I going to get? Even when we pray for other people, we often are praying for our own comfort. When we pray for healing for a family member, it's often because we don't want to feel bad if they don't get well. We don't want to, we don't want to experience the grief. So we want them to get well. Now, we'd like to tell ourselves it's because we love them and we don't want them to be sick. But if we really got down dirty and honest, the real truth is we just don't want to hurt. Now people are starting to look at me. Not the people in this room, it's the people on the other side of the camera. I know. Everybody in the room, just calm down. All right, we, we look for what it's in it for. Our searching tends to be in hope of our own benefit because we want God to do something for us. That's why we're looking for a consultant or a super powerful assistant to do things for us. When the aim of our searching or our praying, well, our, the aim of our searching and our praying should be a discovery of who God is, of who Jesus is, of connecting with him, of communicating with him. The miraculous is found when our attention shifts from what can I get out of this to him. And our delight is in him and his glory and his honor and his praise. We just prayed this a few moments ago, but I'm going to remind you, this is what Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven... Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And most of the time that means my kingdom has to die and my will has to be surrendered. See, unfortunately, our prayers are regular, regular, often. That's an easier word not only to spell, but to say. Why didn't I pick that to begin with? Our prayers are often limited to what we want or what we think should happen. I wonder how many times Jesus hears our prayers and goes, Oh, that's like. You're just asking for so little. I want to give you so much more, but you're asking for piddly diddly. I don't even know if that's right. You know, you ever see that in church? Nobody throws, well, we have no books to throw. That's key. Uh, you know, we ask God to bless our plans. We come to him with our ideas and our agendas and our plans, and we say, hey, here's bless this and make it work. And I'm pretty sure there are times he looks at it and goes, you don't want that to work. That will never work. Not the way you think it will. See, Jesus prayed, 
because he knew what God wanted to do. He discovered what God wanted to do, and he prayed because he want, needed help to do what God wanted to do. He needed help to do God's work, and so do we. If Jesus needed to pray to do God's work, then I need to pray to do God's work. You and I need to pray to do God's work. See, Jesus' prayers declared his dependency, his dependency on God. And our prayers have to do the same. Now, I put a list together here. And, and I realized as I did it, I'm trying to describe an attitude and a mindset. And it's not easy to describe an attitude and a mindset. But I'm doing my best. See, prayers that declare my dependency on my dependence on God are bold and humanly impossible. I, they, they ask for things that I know full well could never be done by me or any other human being because I know that this is something God wants to do. Prayers that declare my dependence on God are surrendered to King Jesus. They're prayers that say, your will be done. Prayers to declare my dependence on God are filled with confident faith in his ability to keep his promises. Whatever God has said he can do, whatever he said he will do, he can do it. Period. doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the scientists say. Trust the science. I really... My college degrees in science, and I love science. But I trust Jesus. And question science because... The first thing you do in science is ask questions. Sorry, Ted, throw that out there because we trust some of the wrong things. Prayers that declare my dependence on God are filled with a willingness to change the way I think. The moment we start thinking, I got it figured out. None of us ever really say that out loud. We just start not changing the way we think as we look and learn. And, well, we don't learn. We refuse to listen. When I get confronted with a, a an idea from God's word that stretches us a little bit, we go, no, that can't be. 
you've never been in a Bible study. There, it, there's nothing more frustrating to me than to be in a Bible study with somebody that got, re, actually reads the words off the page of the Bible and says, well, that can't mean that. To which I said, what? Well, it can't mean what it says. So I have this basic rule. It probably means what it says. Now, sometimes we may not understand the context. But, you know, if Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, he probably means, no, I don't mean probably, he means love your neighbor as yourself. And you can't just look at it and go, well, it doesn't mean what it says. It must mean da 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 No. Just because it stretches us and hurts a little bit to think about that doesn't mean it's not true. It just means that what we've been thinking is not true, and we need to change what we've been thinking. Prayers that declare our dependence on God are filled with a willingness to change the way I think. Prayers that declare my dependence on God plead for Jesus' limitless love to flow through me. His limitless love is not just a live and let live kind of apathy. When we love people the way Jesus loves people, it's going to make us hurt. And some of us are going, what? I don't understand. Well, maybe we should get across just have a picture of a cross or a crucifix somewhere where we can look at it on a regular basis. Because that's the definition of Jesus' limitless love. And if we ask to be filled with his limitless love, we should not be surprised if there are things that hurt that happen in our lives. When we love people, hurt happens. Because we love them. If we don't care, then it doesn't hurt. Oh, and that is so tempting. Because we don't like to hurt. Oh, that goes back to that praying for people to be healed so that we don't hurt. Hmm. Oh, there's so much. Let me just... We gotta keep moving more. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Everybody else in the room is glad to hear that too. Uh, the song, some of you know this song. The song Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross by Fanny Crosby expresses to me, expresses the bedrock prayer that to declare our dependence on God. It, the first verse says, Jesus keep me near the cross. There, precious fountain, free to all, the healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. Third verse, near the cross, O Lamb of God, bring its seeds before me. Help me walk from day to day with its shadow o'er me. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my ransomed soul shall find rest beyond the river. Jesus put it this way. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. 
See, the cross confirms that God's ways are far above my ways of thinking. No human being would ever think about God becoming one of us and dying on a cross. That's just not the way we think. The cross confronts me with the limitless love of Jesus that can transform anyone. The cross calls me to change my thinking to become more like him. Teach me to love like that, Jesus. Jesus' call, that call to self-denial, to deny myself, and to take up my cross daily, isn't really actually about me at all. It's about him. It's about saying that he is my everything. It is about confessing that Jesus is king in my life. He's my Lord. He's my all. He's my yes. And everything else falls under his rule and his reign. And it's time for us, folks. time for us. It's a daily thing. It's not something you do once and then you're going on with your life. It's something we have to do all the time. We need to give our lives. Give an all-inclusive life-defining yes to Jesus over and over again. It's time to daily yes for a daily yes to King Jesus that surrenders everything to him. It says it's all on the table. Every part of my life is open and available for you to change. Every idea I have is open for you to examine. Search me, O oh God, and see if there is any hurtful, offensive way in me. That's, uh, by the way, at the end of Psalm 139. If you want to look it up, that's at the end of Psalm 139. It's time to pray for the same reason Jesus prayed. If Jesus needed to pray to do God's work, then I need, we need to pray to do God's work. So I want to invite you to pray. Let's pray together. I'm going to from time to time, as I'm praying, I'm going to invite you to pray. Uh, you can pray out loud, or you can whisper, or you can uh, just pray silently in response as, as I guide us. Holy Spirit, come. Lead us to the cross where Jesus' love flows for healing and forgiveness. I want to invite you to just express your love and your praise to Jesus now.
Search us, Holy Spirit. Point out anything in us that needs to be changed. Now, just to thank Jesus and tell him what his loving forgiveness and grace means to you. Heavenly Father, we don't have we don't have the power to change our own lives, let alone the lives of other people. <clears throat> we need you to send your spirit to do what only you can do. So we invite your spirit to come to work in us. In Jesus' name. Jesus says that as he was sent by the Father, we have been sent by him. Go with the Holy Spirit. And find somebody to love in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.